Hey everybody, discount, discount, I got a discount. You Are What You Read is brought to you by Book of the Month. And our friends at Book of the Month want you to enjoy some of their fabulous titles for just $9.99. As a Book of the Month member, I love getting that blue box of books each month filled with my selections. Sometimes I get a thriller, other times a romance. Oh, I love it. Historical fiction, memoirs, classics, you name it. Book of the Month has a book just for you, and it's delivered right to your door. When you become a Book of the Month member, you join a community of readers just like you. I'm a fan of Book of the Month app where I can rate and review books, listen to podcasts and audiobooks, and browse hundreds of titles to add to my monthly box. The app makes your membership benefits easily accessible and enjoyable, all at your fingertips. Now back to the discount, you can head to bookofthemonth.com and use code ADRI, that's right, A-D-R-I at checkout to get your first book for $9.99. That's A-D-R-I at checkout. Thank you, Book of the Month. I said this, you're a handsome guy, and so you, your, your head could be on a coin. Like when you were on The Tonight Show, when you made your debut and you turned sideways, it was like the perfect profile. And I know your mother must have been so proud. She was like, those are those Avellino freaking jeans because he's got a straight nose. Okay, so (laughs) that's your Italian side coming through hot. Have you ever wondered what makes some of the world's greatest comedians tick? In today's episode of You Are What You Read, we sit down with the Academy Award-winning and Emmy and Grammy-nominated comedian, the great Stephen Wright. Since his Tonight Show debut, the deadpan surrealist master has pushed the comedic boundaries in film, television, and his live stage appearances. He's a very, very special person. I kind of found myself falling in love with him, to tell you the truth. He's very warm. He's very dear. And it all starts on the page. He writes with such precision and depth that it makes his comedy sing. So let's take a look into the mind of the one and only Stephen Wright. We're also going to look into his heart, folks. You're going to love him. We're going to find out what really makes him tick, what inspires him and what makes him one of the luminaries and great minds of our time. Were you raised Catholic? Yes. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Did you go to Catholic school? No, I went to Sunday school. Oh, that was worse, because that's what I had. Oh, man. That was the worst, because it was was one of those parents that felt like, well, I got to sign up to do something at this church. I'm just going to teach the kids. Oh, it was brutal. I think the word was catechism. 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 I don't even know what that means. I don't remember anything barely from those classes. That's a Greek word, catechism. <laughs> um, so what, what did you learn? What did you learn in catechism that stayed with you? Besides never have sex and stay away from people. What else did you learn in catechism? <laughs> Because I think, I, I have to say, didn't you think the I, I think that they handled sex so badly, don't you? I don't remember ever them even talking about sex. Oh, my God. I only remember, like, 
heaven and, and you got to be good and like, you know, sins and everything. I mean, the whole thing is geared to like, okay, what if you naturally, what, what, what does a person naturally want to do? Okay. Let's make that all bad. <laughs> what? Let's make everything you want to do naturally bad. I'm surprised that they didn't make it bad. You're hungry that you're going to hell. You're tired. You're going to hell. There's no logic. It's a control thing. A friend of mine said they just wanted to control people. Yeah. And now, by the way, Stephen, the gloves are off. It's like they will do anything. The potluck suppers are filet mignon now. What do we have? Beanie weenies. They want people coming in there. Oh, yeah. They will, oh, sad. please, you know. It's yeah. sad now. Yeah, but they did a lot of good things, too. I know. And, you know, people start, you know, I don't know. No, I mean, it's sad that the churches are empty. And, like, in Europe, they're empty. They're being turned into restaurants and everything. St Stephen, they were always yes. empty in Europe. Always empty in Europe. <laughs> Stephen, they so got funny. bombed. You're Listen, so funny. They got bombed. I, uh, they were bombed. You're going to go in there when they got bombed? No. They, they never went again, except my great-grandparents. But they never went again. And in Italy, uh, I never saw doors swing like that. You know, we go in because we're Americans and we want to see the frescoes, right? Who are the people? What's going on in here? You know, they had nobody's been in there since Pope John the Twenty Third, and and they they know it, they know it. And yet, think about this: Did you have a blessed mother in your home? The statue of the blessed mother. Yes. Okay, lovely lady dressed in blue, make me skinny yes. just like you. Yeah. Okay. Blue and white. Blue and white. I don't know and, that and did poem your, you just said though. It's, it's the dieter's prayer. Lovely lady dressed in blue, make me skinny just like you. <laughs> but my favorite prayer is to St. Anne. You know, she was the one, she was so old when she had a baby that it was in the Bible. But she was too old. She was barren, but then she had a baby, St. John. And she, in her, it was just, it was a very simple prayer. Dear St. Anne, send me a man. It's very easy. Wow. Um, yeah, you did. Nice rhyme scheme. But. That blessed mother in the home, didn't it make you feel, I mean, I don't know if your mom turned it out when she wanted the weather to be good for something. Did she turn it? <laughs> did she? No. Oh, we did. I still have one right now. I have it turned out. I like it when it's sunny a little bit, you know. That's unbelievable. And then they look out the window and they, you know. But see, I think those things can live within the crazy. I think you can get something good out of crazy. Do you? I, I don't know what crazy, I mean. Well, you just named them off. If it's, if you want to eat, that's bad. If you want to go skiing, that's bad. You want to get on a sled, that's bad. You want to ride a horse, that's bad. You, they, they came at it in a negative fashion. Everything was, was bad. Sex. Sinning. I mean, what is a sinning? He died for your sins. What? What? Oh, oh, oh. well. I'm six. He died for my sins. What have I done? I spilled well, some water. Clearly, you didn't want to become a priest at any point. No, I, I actually slightly thought of that. And for several years, my mother kept saying, you think you might be a priest? I did, I, it was in my head a little bit. It was, but not like, okay, I'm going to be a priest. In our family, it was like, oh, he might be a priest. Can you imagine me as a priest? <laughs> you'd, be, you'd have been great. You'd have been great. You'd have been great. You, your flock would have been very confused. Uh, yes. But you, I would have said, would, rather, rather than confessing your sins to me, why don't you act them out? Did you ever? 
Come in this room and act out your sins. How else will I know what to give you for penance? I, it, you know, here's something that I, I, I would just want to touch on. And you don't have to like, if you say I'm uncomfortable with that, Rena, I don't really want to discuss that. But oh my God, one of the set up, set up. <laughs> they really did. I feel. I don't know if you feel this now as a grown up. I, I feel this. I think we were really. I don't think there's been anybody, anybody, I, I don't care who it is, that has gotten sex right, meaning the, the unique individuality of it, that you can't have these broad, sweeping generalizations and the control about stay away from it. I don't think that can be understated. Yes, I was raised that it was it was bad. It was bad. It was horrible. Unless you were married to make a baby. Other than that, all the women were whores. Everyone is a whore. Bethana, you know the word Bethana? Bethana? It's Bhutana, yes. Bhutana? And you, you would say in Boston, they'd say Bhutana. But it's Bhutana. It's a P. Oh. Did you say say Bhutan? You, because that's that's we, Italian. We said boot. We said th th Bhutana. Bhutana. That's what my mother said. Bhutana. Okay, Maybe that must she be. She had it wrong. I think it's Avellino yeah. or Calabria. Everyone yeah. was at that. See that girl. See that girl. See that girl. See that girl. Bhutana. Boothy. Then for okay. short, booth Boothy. Okay, so there's three boys in your family and one girl. Do you think that Mary Lou was treated differently because she was a girl? You mean in regards to sex, you mean? In everything. No, yeah, oh, yeah, she was special. Like, she was, like, my mother said, boy, 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 girl. You know, yes. I love my sister. She's one of my clo closest people I am in my whole life. That's wonderful. Yes. Do you think that um, that your mother had different rules for the boys than the girls? Mm, not really. I don't. Re I don't think so. Okay, probably all the same. Okay, so, um, boy, that, that question really died, didn't it? <laughs> well, no, I thought about it. I thought, you know, my mother and sister, they were like, a, they had, of course, more in common. They were like a little team. You know, they were on the yeah, same. Yeah. Okay, they were on the team. We weren't on that team. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, I shared this with your mom the other day. I said, my mother said, now my mother had five girls and two boys. But but the boys were like, oh, we we would but in my mother's later years we go oh oh here she goes she's doing her one woman show, when my brothers would come in she was twenty seven again oh boys and then we would have these meetings about her health, and and my brothers would be like what are you talking about she's fantastic there's nothing wrong here, and then when they would leave the room it's like her arm would fall off she'd bleed from her ear she'd start oh, crying wow. yeah she it, it was a thing but that's an Italian mother with her sons. Oh, and it's oh. interesting to me. And then, it, but anyway, my, my mother would say, every, every woman needs a daughter. And your mother said, oh, yes. You know, loves her sons, obviously idolizes them. But let's get back to they wanted you to be the priest. No, they didn't want it to be me, the priest. I, I came into my head, but I mean, we. It's not like a big thing. It was just a, a like a, a passing thought, a, a mist. It was like a mist. It was the, <laughs> the amount of a mist. Okay, it was a vapor. Okay, and you walked through it. Okay, but the point was, 
for somebody who thinks outside the box, I think they might have thought, gee, he's on a different channel. No, they didn't. I wasn't. That. They had no thing of that. I didn't even have anything of that in, in that. I was, I was so good. I was so, always so good. I'm basically you, really good now, really. Were you an altar boy? No. Why didn't you do that? Because there wasn't, we weren't into, like, we went to church and everything. You're, you're, I can tell you're much more connected in it, more like when my mother was growing up than when we grew up in Burlington, Massachusetts. It never even entered my mind to be an altar boy. Well, that would make you part of a community. That's the potluck suppers and the choir, and you have to be involved in it. You know what I'm saying? Were yes. you ever in the Were you ever in the choir? Because you can sing. No, no, I've never been in anything. No, you never. <laughs> okay, so Stephen, Stephen, you just wrote a novel about a kid that's very active. What did you do as a kid? Yeah, oh, yes, I said that. I was kidding. I was kiddingly. I I was in little league. I was in Little League Baseball. Oh, and played so second jealous base. of you. I love that outfit. Why? What was the name of your t- – because I like a uniform. <laughs> and they didn't have girls. They didn't have anything for girls. And I thought, that's an outfit for me. That's it had stripes nice. that were horizontal, uh, vertical, 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 right? I liked the contrasting sleeve. I liked the little belt. I liked the fact <laughs> that the pants were hiked up. Show off your ankles if you have good ankles. <laughs> I love that outfit. So, You're what was so the name of your funny. What so was the name of your funny, team? Unbelievably funny. I That's because I watched you at lunch. What? We were Braves. I was on the Braves. The Braves, and but who sponsored you? It had to be like the something something pharmacy. Oh, uh, I don't remember really. Yeah, it you was, do. Uh, no, I don't. It was a gray uniform, and the letters were yellow. And Mister Morgan right. was the manager. Okay. And I, he had him for several years. And I remember I got this hit on the last game. I got a hit, and that was the only hit I got the whole year. And I remember him saying, "Good hit, Stevie. That was your best one all year." I can. St- I mean, no. He said, "Good hit, Stevie. That yeah, best one all year." And I didn't. I I have that sentence in my head. It's burned in my head because I don't know if he was aware that I never got a hit, or he just. I don't know. Well, evidently he did because he said it was the best one of yours all year. Yeah, but if saying the best one that I've all year means that there was other ones that weren't that good, if it was the best one all year. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't believe we're breaking this down. This is like, no, it's important to break to you it down. About now, Mr. were your brothers on the baseball. same? Were your brothers on the same team? Were the boys on the same team as you? Your brothers? No, no, no we weren't we, because no. we were different ages, different ages, so different teams. But they're, I'll tell you something horrible. If you want to know something horrible, of course. There was a guy on the other team. And I, he was in our school, and he made me nervous. He never did anything to me. He never pushed me down. He never did. He just would say hi to me, but he made me nervous. And he was known as, like, this really tough kid. And, and like, I just told this story mm-hmm. to someone else the other day. And, and, and then in his early 20s, he murdered somebody. And he's been in jail ever since. And... I see that as my instinct, my gut. My gut was like telling me, my animal wiring was saying, this, I'm afraid of him. He never did anything to me. 
But I was picking up something from him, even though he was known as the tough kid in the school. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, my gosh. If I was a substitute teacher, I would, I would say that to the third grade class. I would tell them that if I was a substitute. I'm kidding. Was there ever a moment in school where yes. a teacher oh, <laughs> that was like such a setup for a Stephen Wright run I can't even tell you that was like sad what? that I <laughs> this is why but I'm watching you at lunch and that's why you know, I, in a minute I'm gonna be oh today you I'm were I'm gonna be doing your oh. rhythms yeah I watched it oh, yeah, yeah. Well. I told you it's you and Rickles you and Rickles you wow, and what Rickles. a contrast wow it's two different kinds of things but that's what I like I like to like shake it up um Rickles, I can't watch enough of. I know yeah. you feel the same. Yes. And I don't think that the likes of him will ever be, come around again. No, no, because, it could, you know, the speed, the, the, the insults taken <laughs> so fun. He couldn't, even, he couldn't even do that now, probably. I have a friend who turned double nickels, and she went to Vegas, and she said, I'm double nickels with Rickles. She got on a plane by herself. To go see him? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wow. She said, I don't know what it was about being double nickels, but she had to see him. I don't know. Um, can you talk about, um, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Okay. To Peter LaSalle. He was big in your life, wasn't he? Peter LaSalle was the biggest thing in my life after being born he changed my life i mean i was born and then when i met peter it changed my life as much as being born because mm-hmm. he was the, the the producer of the tonight show and he was in boston and he saw me in a little club and then he put me on there and two weeks later I mean, it was, you know, that Chinese restaurant thing. It was a Chinese mm-hmm. comedy club, mm-hmm. and someone wrote an article about it. It was in the L.A. Times, and I don't know why it was in the L.A. Times. And then he read it, and then eight months later, he was in, going on a summer trip to Boston and New York to look at colleges for his kids, and he remembered the club, and he went in there, and then he saw me. And then three weeks later, I was on The Tonight Show. And that's a, everything changed in my whole life. That'll, that'll never happen again. Yeah, maybe because it, it was one, you know, that one place, the part, the, the the place that that show had, the position it had in in society and culture you know, was this giant. Is, this is the point I'm trying to make about Peter LaSalle. When he had a spare evening, he didn't go out to a fancy restaurant, put his feet up. He was looking for you, or whoever he was going to see. He was. I don't know that that world exists anymore because if Stephen Wright was born today, oh, well, no, let's say if you were born 21 years ago, because you were very young when you were on The Tonight Show, you were born 21, 22 years ago, uh, you would have to be selling um, rubber gloves on the internet or something, on, on social media. You would have to come up with a, with a shtick, something to sell. Whereas what you were really doing then was actually writing this material, right? You're writing. You were a writer. You are a writer. And then through this 
I don't even know how you did it because it's it's crippling to get up in front of people the first few times. Oh yes, it's years, like years, the worst. It's crippling. It's crippling, and then you just but but yet your desire exceeds your fear somehow, right? Yes. And so then he saw you, and here's what's interesting to me because then I watched you. Okay, so it's 1979. Then you're on there in 92, Johnny's last year. This makes well, me sick that I never- in, first in 82, I went on it first. I'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry. I'm giving you the wrong year. It's 82. I don't know why I said 79. 79 Eight. was the year I started doing the comedy. Okay, all right. Now I got yeah, it. Okay. That's where I got that. Yeah, yeah, you see, I'm a really good interviewer. Okay, so it's 1982. <laughs> Only off by like 47 years. Okay. Yeah. So 1982. And then in 92, you come on. Now I have to tell you a story. So you're on in 92. And the second time you come out there, now I would say you are the fully formed person. Like, I don't know, like in 1982, like how did you decide what the heck you were going to wear on The Tonight Show? Was that college campus chic? It was a button down. It was khakis. Oh my god! I didn't. Right? I didn't even wear my own clothes. Where did you get those clothes? My friend Mike, who I still know now, I know him to college. He, we wrote Dennis Jennings that short film that I did. We, we, he, he he was always very much. Is he the nice one you want? Did you won the Oscar with him? Yes, he he co-wrote it with me. Yes. Mike uh, Michael Armstrong, one of my best friends in my whole life. Okay, and when and when it, and he went to the Tonight Show with me that first time, and I said, and I a few days before, I said, Mike, I don't can I, you know, I don't know how can I wore his clothes, I wore his pants, I wore his clothes. They were nicer than my clothes, but a they fit shirt, you so white, nice. Yeah, it was coincidence. I mean, I mean, I, <laughs> I oh wore my his god! Clothes. I mean, that's what girls do. We borrow stuff. Like, can I borrow your purse? I'm going to be somewhere important. I mean, I can't believe two yeah. men did that. <laughs> well, that's kind of great. <laughs> but I never did it before or since. But even the belt, the belt was the really belt good. Was yes, the belt. My God, I'm going to tell. I'm going to have to have him listen to this. I'm going to. He's going to listen to this. He's going to. This is unbelievable. Oh, everything. There were my socks. They were my shoes. <laughs> I can't believe how you're analyzing this. You're like a lawyer. You're like unbelievable. The belt was fine, Cordovan leather. It was a thin belt, which was hip in 1982. And it fit you. Yeah, like you have a good, like your mother would say, you have a good shape, Stevie. A good shape. <laughs> It was a shape thing. It was a shape. Yes, it fit. So, okay, so you get out there, and, and I get it, and I told you, when you turn sideways, oh, my God, the profile was fantastic. A Mr. Mm. Coin, you look like you could be on a Roman coin mm. via Avellino when they attacked them, okay? <laughs> via Avellino. That's the important part Thank of this. You. Okay, Thank you. so then, 10 years <laughs> later, you've been all over the world, You've toured everywhere, and now we have Stevie Wright Chic. You come on there, and you are com it's closer to what you wear now than that, than the borrowed costume. Oh, yeah. Yes. But oh. you were so, I mean, you're so well-raised. You thanked him. 
because he was oh, on his oh, way out. Well, thank, th- th- thank Johnny when sitting down because it was the last when you, show. When right? you came down, yeah. it was the last show, and yes. you did your thing, and it was great material, and you came and sat down. Yes. Those were my favorite. You know, I try to explain this to my daughter, but when when we were coming up, that show was like three hours long. And when I was babysitting for a dollar an hour, that was my salvation once I got the kids in bed was the Tonight Show. And my grandmothers watched that show. And it was one where if you were still awake, they'd let you watch it with them. Yes, yes. Remember that? Yes. I mean, you weren't with my grandmothers, but you know what I'm saying. Yes. Okay. Yes. That show, you can't explain him. No, no, no one would know. No one would know now unless you saw it because people can't even imagine there were only three channels. But yes, I was raised correct. I thanked him because I knew that my whole life changed because of him. And there was, I had no way I was going to not thank him in that moment. He changed my life twice because from watching The Tonight Show, I got it in my head that I wanted to be a comedian from watching the show. Sure. And when I went on it, everything changed. But yes, I am very raised correct. Yes, how could I? I mean, I mean, my whole life. Yeah, but 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 Stephen, I don't see people that would. And I watched Johnny's face on that because I'm sure you don't look at it. But he he was so moved by that because let's oh. let's talk about what was going behind the scenes in 1992. There, he was being ousted from his show. That's what was happening. And you say, oh, Adriana, how do you know that? Because I was yes. working there. I was working in Hollywood. That's where I started in that oh, arena. I didn't, I didn't know. I yeah, just, I, I wrote comedy. I wrote to, for. I, yeah. Oh yeah, Cosby. But, that's right. But before that, this is be well. I can't remember now. But yeah, in, in that arena, that's right. That's right. And I was doing a pilot because I would write pilots because I'm Italian. And you say why? Well, they'd say, hey, they call me up and they go, hey, I'm going to give you X amount of dollars for that. And I'd be, uh-huh, okay, I'll do it. I would have like pancakes, pancakes stacked up. And then my agent, Nancy Josephson, once said to me, Adri, please don't tell many people how many pilots you wrote. I said, why? I'm making hay while the sun shines. She goes, you got to get them on. The point is to get them on. I was like, yeah. anyway. See, I thought he wouldn't want to do it anymore. I didn't know what you just said. I thought he wanted to retire. No, oh. he would have kept going forever. You have to read oh, Henry Bushkin's geez. book. You have to oh, read Henry Bushkin's book. But see, that's you, though. That's your beautiful, that's just your beautiful nature. You wouldn't think there was something nefarious going on behind the scenes. No, no. But there were some real creepazoids up in there. I didn't like it. But oh. anyway, I was sitting outside the office, and um, I'll tell you more about that later, but some other time but this is what i said in my show i was listening to all this going on and i knew it and i was like and to you me mean, johnny you hear Co- them talking in the office there was scuttlebutt and there was yeah okay yeah. and i thought to myself hmm if they do that to him what are they gonna do to you oh, oh my god that's yeah, what i said yeah, to myself yeah. oh my god yeah and it kind of wow. <laughs> didn't end up be too true. I mean, I don't care. You know, I never, I don't care about that. But I was appalled by that because I thought yeah. he built this palazzo here. Place. Yes. He built this palazzo. Oh. But I love that you, that you weren't cognizant of that. That it, it meant you had your mind on your business, which is why you're Stephen Wright. Yeah, I have an innocence to me, really, even sometimes now. I didn't know any of that. 
I wasn't talking about, the, I mean, I knew Peter, but I didn't know any of that. I still know Peter. I still talk to Peter. I mean, now didn't he know, go to, didn't he go to work with Craig Ferguson? Yes. Yes. He, he went to, uh, he went to Tom Snow after the tonight show. He went to David Letterman and thank mm -hmm. you for that sweatshirt. I had no idea your husband was doing the lighting there. That's hey, unbelievable. How about, the, how about the fact that I went up there when that show was ending I have other things for you that I'll give you. But when that show was ending, I would go up there and I said, this is history. So yes. I went in that deli and I basically said, give me everything. <laughs> so I have, a, <laughs> I have a stash and a little stash that I went in that hello deli and I said, give them to me. And, I, and so that's how special you are. And that's how special your mother is. I said, you deserve one. I'm down well, to like, I think you. I have six left. But you know what else I did? They recycled Letterman's, um, the last couple months, they recycle, they would recycle the cue cards. They throw them mm. out. They would be in the trash. So when I was up there, I said, can I have these? Wow. So I have wow. a stack of them. I mean, it's wow. like Hillary Clinton jokes, okay? And that, I have a stack of them. That's amazing. Yeah, because I knew that the likes of that would not come around again. Yes, he was He was unbelievable. He, he was another great comedy mind. Is, I guess he's still at it. See, I always saw this tonight. Jay Leno was a funny comedian. He mm -hmm. really was a, he was a, he was a normal guy that was funny. If mm -hmm. I and Letterman was an odd guy, mm -hmm. I used to say if they were books, if these two shows were books, the character in mm -hmm. of Letterman's character is just more interesting to me. I'm not putting well, Jay Leno down. No, here. no, and, let, you know, like I'm Jay into weirdness. I'm into weirdness, and and Letterman was an odd guy. Well, Jay, to me, Jay Leno's like the town butcher. Hey, hi, how are you? That guy, and then. <laughs> Letterman is your weird algebra two teacher <laughs> that, yes. and also taught driver's ed. So you had that double whammy where you couldn't pass algebra and then you had to drive with him, drive with him with no That's conversation hilarious. going on whatsoever. And now, and now you, I don't know where I put you in that, in the small, in that grid. That's a tough one. Because you're, 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 you're writerly. I was going to say to you, like, there's a little bit of George Kaufman in you, but they're really, I don't think so. Because you're literary without it being off-putting. You know mm. what I'm saying? Yes, I don't, I, I don't know. What do you do? It looks like you're taking your vitamins. What's happening over there? No, I was, I was playing with the cord. Oh, your cord? Yeah, I, these are, they're, they're terrible. Don't get up. You'll yank your eardrum out. No, um, I, I know. There was one thing in school. You asked me about 10, 15, 20 mm -hmm. minutes ago, something about school. There was one thing I remember, and I was like in eighth grade, and the teacher held up a photograph, and she said, what is this? And nobody knew what it was. And I'm looking at it, and I, think, I said, I, I think I know what it is. And it was an extreme close-up of a railroad rail you know how the rail is yeah. on the rock yeah. there's the yeah, yeah. there's the board and then there's the rocks underneath mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. so close up that it was you couldn't tell what it was but i saw what it was and i answered and i always think back on that as a indication of my noticing abilities 
Isn't that something? So you could see something in, in a different context than it existed. It was so close up of a photograph, you didn't know what it was. But I, my mind said, I, that's what it is. And I, it was correct. So I just mm. think of that as noticing, you know, uh, to me, all creativity is based on noticing. I mean, you're just noticing, noticing, mm -hmm, noticing, mm -hmm. noticing, noticing. You've been talking all this time about everything you've talked about is noticing. And then you do something with what you notice. Mm. Don't, you know, you, you, you're noticing little tiny pieces. Like I've said it before, the world is like a mosaic painting, like mm -hmm, thousands, mm -hmm. millions of fragments. And and you see some piece over there, and it's like, oh, my God, that's connected to this piece. See that little piece way over there? They have a common denominator, but no one ever connects them. Mm -mm. It's, it's fascinating. It is, it is fascinating. I mean, I... I I'm so happy that I get to be doing this uh, creating because it's just so natural. It's like every day is like just like you're in your own art school in your head. And, you know, you just, I mean, to make up, to wander around, to just like, you you know, you're in your, you're out, you're in your, you're the teacher, you're the students, you're everything. And you're walking around, you know, and you know, you don't have to go to check in at some job and you at a coffee place and you see some guy walking by and his shoes look weird. And it's like, oh, and then you have another piece of material because you notice something. You know, up by you lives the great Alice Hoffman. She lives up by you somewhere up there. I don't know where you are because, you know, as you know, I don't use maps. I have no idea. You could be on the moon. <laughs> uh, I just know you're in the great Northeast somewhere. And Carlisle, Alice Hoffman. Carlisle, Massachusetts. All right. Carlisle, Massachusetts. So I was just in on the weekend at great, in great Barrington and Pittsfield at the Great Barrington Stage Company to see a new brain by uh, William Finn and James Lapine. Wow. I know. My friend Mary Testa starred in it, and she was magnificent. She wow. played his mother. Yeah. It's called A New Brain? That's a new amazing. Bra well, he had an aneurysm, and then he wrote a musical about it. He's the guy that did <laughs> Putnam County Spelling Bee. He did. Okay, this is this is like, talk about creativity. I mean, that's like saying, I said to him, that would be like, that would be like when they knocked me out, I and then I wrote about it. I wouldn't even know what they were talking about, but he he put it. There was a big brain on the stage. Wow. Yeah, you you would actually love it. And the music was beautiful, and the storytelling was really tight. It was great. Why am I telling you? Oh, Alice Hoffman. So the other, one day I was talking to Alice Hoffman. I said, Alice, I said, do you ever walk the streets and think to yourself, what are these people thinking? I know what I'm. I'm always seven days a week, twenty four. When I'm up. And then you know I told you what I do when I sleep with my subconscious. Yes. So what are the what? Are, I'm trying to figure out how to say something more succinctly or tell a story. But what, what are these people thinking about? Like they go to a job, whatever it is, and they do it for that set amount of time, and then they go home and they turn their phone off. I'm not telling you anybody. There. We, we never shut answer? off. What did, no, we never. What did she answer? To you know what question? I was said. No. I never thought of that, but now I, I she did like that. Oh, I, so now I'm asking every artist, every writer, what what are they thinking about? We know what we're thinking about. I, I, I don't know, but I I don't know, but I. I don't know what they're thinking about. I don't even think what are they thinking about. Oh, but see, I do. now I, I really care about that. 
I care uh, about that. Well, I have to say, I'm very aware, you know, of people doing regular jobs, like Mm -hmm. in the hotel or the coffee place, and you go back six hours later and the person is still there. And it's just like a, a miracle that... I get to not go to that thing. It's a, it's oh. a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. And most of the actors that I love, well, listen, I love actors and I love directing actors because there's no two alike, but they all have one common denominator. And I don't say that, th- that they're alike even in this, but is they don't have to go to that job. They don't have to go to that. They have to wrestle yeah. with a script and a director and yeah. Yeah. co-stars and whatever it is, but they don't have to go to that job. So when did it dawn on you? Well, you were really young when you hit it. Yeah, it was tw- when I was 26 when I went on oh my The Tonight God. Show. It's fantastic. But I mean, probably. Not in your own life. outfit now. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm we know. It. Okay. This. Okay. So tell us this. He is, is, is that, that's the man you won the Oscar with, right? Yes. Okay. He is really gorgeous. Does he still look good? Yes. I may hook yes. him up with Alice Hoffman. Oh, wait, um, wait a minute. You might be, you mean when, when Mike was the co-writer, you mean the, from the TV, the yeah, Oscar from the show? Yeah, oh, when you said the director. That was Dean okay. Carousel. He was the director. Yes, All he right, looks wait. like, he, he could be an actor. He was, looked like Harrison Ford. That guy looked like Harrison yes. Ford. Yes, yes. But, Stephen, I noticed that when women win Oscars, it ruins their lives. And when a man wins an Oscar, <laughs> it sets, they, you know, it's just, they break up with the guy they're with. That suddenly that something traumatic happens. It's it's like, but everybody wants it. But for a woman, I think it's the kiss of death. Wow. What do you think? What do I think of for a woman or in general? No, like when you want it. Was it a great feeling? Yes, it was. It was. It was surrealism. It was bizarre. It was. We made it for HBO. We didn't even make it for the movies. We gave it to them. They put it on. Uh, in the, they decided to play it in theaters, then it was nominated, and then it won. It was just a giant, like, fluke to me. And then I was in whole, my whole life, oh, he has an, he has an Oscar. He has an, it's unbelievable. It's, un, it's unbelievable to have that. But the, I, the, the, if you measured effort, effort, to see, effort doesn't really equate to what happens you know, I could do a no. painting in 10, 15 minutes. I can do a painting. Mm-hmm. For years, I thought, well, how can the painting be done? It only took me 15 minutes. And I was like, well, it is. I mean, that's all there is to it. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's just amazing to have that thing. Now, I, I'm going to ask you one question before I let you go. And, Stephen, I want you to promise. Well, I'm going to call. Well, you know, I already did call Craig Ferguson and say. Oh, so, oh. so you're going to do that. Let's him for a second. Let's talk about so, him. It, it, he, so Peter did Letterman after the Tonight Show. Then he did. Tom Snyder, then he did Kilborn, Kilborn, some guy. And then Ferguson came on, and I would go on there. At first, I would have the setup, what I was going to talk about, you know, and he'd ask me to set it. And the more I went on, the less we talked about what you the pre-interview was, to the point where then it was seven minutes of complete insanity I never did improv in my life, but I ended up doing it with him on television. And it was one of the joys of my whole career to do that because his mind is so fast. 
Yeah. If I said yeah. something, it didn't laugh. They didn't laugh. It didn't matter because he mm-hmm. would say something. And I, looking back, even when it was happening, I saw it as two. We were two insane people. We were in an insane asylum, and we were in a waiting room both of us, and we were waiting to see two different doctors. So while we're waiting and we're talking to each other until the, the okay, Mr. he may see you now, Mr. Ferguson. Until that happened, we were just talking like we were crazy. It was, mm. it was unbelievable. I love that. I love him. He's fearless. And Scottish. He, he, he can be, he can be, he's a lot, he is fearless and his batting, like if you pass, like I, for, Every 10 things I said, maybe they laughed at six or seven, but his was 10, 10. He was batting a 1,000. He has one of the best comedy minds. I said this when I would go on there. Not, I used to people, fast, there's nothing faster than his mind. Yeah. Incredible. And, and, and it's an and you know him. Yeah. You know him really well. I, I do. I love him very much. I said hello. I will, of course. And yeah, I love him, and I love his family. He he's he's a uh, let me say this a total original, and he doesn't uh, seem to agonize. He rolls with things, and I think that's why his comedy mm. is so brilliant. He's just in the moment, which I think you you share that. Except you write it out, and he probably makes yes. it. Up. He makes up ninety nine percent off the top of his head, which I marvel at. I think it's incredible. It is incredible. Oh, but you are incredible, Stevie. I'm calling you Stevie, Stevie now. Stevie. Like your mother, little Stevie. Yeah. Mr. Morgan, my baseball manager, called me Stevie. Little, little Stevie. Stevie. S- Stevie and Peter LaSalle calls me Stevie. Those were the only two people in my whole and life. I love it. Well, I'm going to call you Stevie now. And let, me, <laughs> and, and let me tell you what else. And we're going to get Craig Ferguson to call you Stevie. So then it becomes the thing. So that when you appear in Vegas, it has to stay Stevie Wright. Oh, my God. Stevie Rice. Stevie Wright from Avellino. You're a delight, a joy, and truly one of the most brilliant minds of our times. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on your Facebook and, and I don't know what this is. And, and I don't know what this is called. Whatever, this is a whatever, podcast. Whatever this is, no, I mean the other thing and this thing and and your mind is truly from an uh, just you're like eight people. Your mind, you have the brains of eight people. I decided during the interview, you should pay more taxes because you have more in your head. Uh, I, I think you're ahead of your skis over there, sir. Uh, Stevie, you're ahead of your skis because I had to go to a uh, listen. I went to a listen. I went to a brain doctor once. This was like in the last five years. I had to go to a brain doctor. Don't ask me what was wrong with me, but I went to a brain doctor, and they had to do the thing, you know, the MRI. And I went in the thing, and I came out, and he so he had a meeting with me, and he said, "I'm going to show your brain with crystals, and I'm going to show you your brain." And so, and the one brain he showed me had like all this white matter at the bottom of the brain, and mine, it was like a dusting of a few sequins. Okay. It wasn't much. Oh, so oh. he said, that's, that's not good. That brain. Really? And you, your brain doesn't have hardly any crystals. You have the brain of a 30 year old. And so I said, is that from non-use? <laughs> is it from, have I, should, should I have done the freaking math? Is that what you're telling me? Should I have learned a map? Okay. Did he? No, he was like, he, must, he, he was a humorless rube. That, that oh, surgeon. Oh, you didn't laugh at that? Oh, please. And he was Italian. 
you know, I think it's always good to go to Italian doctors because, you know, let <laughs> me tell you what, because they're not likely to kill oh one of their gosh. own. They're not, they're not likely to lose <laughs> you on the table. They're not likely, oh. you know, because there will be, there will be repercussions. Um, I, I really don't know how to end this. Why should we end it? Let's just like put a, an ellipses here and let's, con- let's keep talking. I would yes, love that. let's say that this is the end of this section. This this, this is, is the end of this section. This is six, this we section. Get, we, this section is ending, and then there'll be section two. There'll be section two. And then and, three. And then you know, we can have I more can, heads. We'll get Craig in there with you. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be great? Then I would have to do yes. – I would have no job. I could go get a yeah, Diet uh, Coke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't have to do anything. It's a delight. No, thank you. I want to see you in person sometime. Yeah, you must. I go to New York. You come, right, like, you come over the minute you get here. Yeah, all right? Yes. I, you can I, stay here. We will take care of you. No, you don't want that. Because I'm nosy. I'll ask you things. You'd be like, I can give you You know, because I have a lot I'm more so, questions for you. I'm so happy you came into my life because you are such a powerful, creative person and it's like i have this new connection with this amazing person i am so happy about it what a treasure of a conversation stephen wright's novel harold is one of the best books i've read in the last 10 years and you're gonna love it he's very open and he's all imagination and he's all subconscious and he taps into what we're feeling thinking our beliefs and he turns them into this glorious masterpiece. So enjoy. And when you get an opportunity, try and see Stephen in person. But you can visit him on YouTube anytime you want. And of course, on the shelf of your beloved public library. See you soon.